Welcome to the Clickdown Podcast. We're back with an all-new season of exciting technical Citrix content featuring guest experts on a wide variety of topics. I'm your host, Alan Fermansky with Citrix Technical Marketing, and I'm joined by architect and teammate Steve Beals. How's it going, Steve? Hey, Alan. I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be here. Glad that the Clickdown's back. New new season, new hosts. So exciting, exciting times. Oh, yeah. Back for season two. So remote meetings have become the norm these days, right? And the pandemic just basically helped to reinforce that, what we kind of already knew. And so much so that I'm sure many of you guys have seen these kind of comical remote meeting bingo cards of sorts, where, it's, where they've got entries like, hey, you're on mute, or can you see my screen? And you got your free space, and sorry, you cut out, and that, that sort of thing. Personally, I'm on uh, maybe 16 to 20 or so calls a week. How about you, Steve? What are you sort of averaging these days? Yeah, that's about the same. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it seems like it's more and more every week as well. Yeah. So remote calls are here to stay. And at Citrix, we primarily use Microsoft Teams, but there's other solutions out there as well. And while you could go about it the traditional distributed way, of installing the UC endpoint client across hundreds or maybe even thousands of endpoint devices in your organization, that definitely brings about some management and security challenges with it. So that's what we're going to be talking about here today and the better approach of optimizing it with Citrix. We've invited a guest, the one and only James Sue from our product management team. James, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you. All right. Thanks, Alan. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the intro. Uh, one and only. <laughs> That's a little bit <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah. Happy to be here. And uh, this is the first time I'm doing this uh, podcast. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the outcome is. Yeah. A- absolutely. Absolutely. You're you're the one and only that I know of. There could be others out there, but in, in, the, in the Citrix world, you're you're definitely well known. But for some that maybe aren't as familiar with you, maybe just a, a quick background on yourself, your role, and your history in the EUC space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I've been in this uh, ecosystem for quite some time. Uh, you know, I, I dated my implementation all the way back to the WinView days. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Love so, it. Uh, I'm, almost, I'm almost like a dinosaur now in, the, in terms of the EUC space. Um, yeah, I've been uh, in the consulting uh, and also reseller space for uh, roughly about 25 years now in wow. total um, uh, in the EUC. Um, I started up with WinView and did quite a bit of implementation and also uh, uh, did a lot of uh, um, training certification also for to help uh, our community growing uh, more talents uh, um, and and you know focusing on the EUC implementations. Uh, so uh, so it's been uh, quite a journey to see a product that uh, grow from uh, you know a text-based. Uh, remote access to all the way to graphics and to what we do today, multimedia, uh, you know, webcams and all that. Two years ago, I joined the product management team and, and focusing on the um, multimedia um, solution and uh, take on some uh, refreshment on the audio implementation as well. So uh, so today I will we'll discuss some of these, uh, you know, challenges that we see every day. And hopefully, uh, you know, customer will be able to try the new, new solution that we have and 
and solving all these problems and challenges. Excellent. That's, that sounds great. So HDX product management. And speaking of challenges, right, what are sort of those challenges that we, and we've kind of alluded to them already, but what are those key challenges and pain points of implementing a unified communication solution at scale in the enterprise? And how does Citrix Solutions aim to solve those? Right. I think the classic problem that, that, that we see out there is that um, when you're first looking at real-time communication software, right? So any meeting application like Zoom, Teams, uh, or Skype for Business, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or all the way back in the days we had Link, yep. you know, all these solutions uh, tend to uh, require you to treat audio or videos in real-time encoding, decoding uh, formats. Um, so if you're thinking about end-user computing space where we, we're, we're running virtual app and desktops, um, if you don't optimize it, what will happen is all these uh, you know media calls will have to be hairpinned on the uh, virtual desktop. And, um, and audio, we can redirect audio as soon as we can. However, mm-hmm. we cannot, you know, overcome the physics, right? Or the actual resource is not unlimited in the server, on the server side as well. So, so CPU, memory usage on the virtual desktop become a challenge for the administrator to keep up with all the application and running. And, and on top of that is most of the, the audio and, and video applications, these are real time. Sure. So it requires a, a you know, very fast response uh, threats um, so that the audio can be heard uh, in a tiny manners and also does not introduce too much delay or video need to be synchronized with the audio delivery and all that. So, you know, if you're putting all those workloads back in the data center, it's a very expensive proposition. It, it, it can be done, all right, mm-hmm. uh, but, right. but it's a very expensive proposition for a lot of uh, administrators to keep up with it. Yeah. So one of the first options that we always recommend customers to do is, is try to optimize the, uh, um, the calls uh, using the endpoints uh, network capability and separating the actual audio and video calls uh, running on the endpoint. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and what we will do is Citrix will provide uh, technologies to allow customer to supercompose these images together. So, so which means that the application will appear running inside the virtual desktop, but the actual video stream and audio stream will be processed locally and mm-hmm. we piece back together that image um, for the customer. So they feel like the application is still running natively inside the virtual desktop and, um, and not a separate window because that's another uh, disjointed f- experience, right? If, if, right. You, if you just pop up a, right a separate app running locally, and then you have a full full desktop running, uh, you know, it's difficult to switch back and forth and try to get things done that way. Sure. So, uh, so, so that, that optimization is critical for our customer base. And, um, and it's not a a single vendor effort. So not just Citrix alone can work on this. We need to partner with the, you know, the real-time communication vendors like WebEx, right? Uh, Like Zoom. Uh, that you just mentioned earlier, and then also the uh, WebEx and the, and also uh, Microsoft Teams um, are prime example uh, or Skype for Business that we support before um, or have media engines that runs inside the virtual uh, the uh, virtual desktop, uh, sorry, and the uh, clients, CWA clients as a plugin. Okay. And, and James, I, I assume, you know, obviously we work with those, uh, you know, UC companies, but we're, we're, we're 
having to work with uh, endpoint vendors right. as well, right. right? So on the endpoint side, like the um, uh, today, I think the primary client, the three major clients uh, uh, solution that we have is uh, CW Windows, right? Um, mm -hmm. Workspace app Windows, Workspace app uh, Mac, right? And then Workspace app Linux. Uh, we have a fourth one. Um, also, um, it's getting um, more and more popular. Is uh, CWA for Chrome OS, right? Right, Chrome. So these are uh, the four uh, primary client bases that we see today that has optimizations for real-time communications offer, right? Um, and if you use other client than that, um, you will probably require to leverage our media redirection options. Yeah, you know, so so just redirecting audio and and uh, and and camera and stuff like that to the uh, virtual desktop. Yeah, that's awesome, awesome. So that's quite quite a bit to unpack there. And customers want to take advantage of using these solutions in an optimized fashion. You mentioned Zoom, Microsoft Teams, WebEx. Uh, I think we we have Avaya there as well, right? And probably right. probably one or two others, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And now these are all optimized solutions where we where we collaborate essentially with with these vendors to provide the best possible experience, right? Yeah. So and and typically these vendors all have a, a very common implementation solution uh, options, right? So there is the, uh, inside the virtual desktop, there's the client software that is uh, designed for VDI use cases. So so uh, if you look at, at Zoom, they have a you can search for Zoom VDI. And you will be able to find all the the, the, the Zoom VDI client there for download. Uh, WebEx also had the same thing, um, and and uh, Avaya also have VDI client. Okay, that runs inside the virtual desktop. And then on the endpoint side with the CWA client alongside, they will provide a media engine. Okay, so Zoom has uh, Zoom VDI plugins, and then WebEx has VDI plugins. And also the Avaya has VDI plugins as well for the client, for the CWA client, compatible CWA client, right? Um, and every vendor uh, all have sort of a version requirement. So, so if you're looking at the client component, you need to download the, uh, if you, let's say in the server side, you install version uh, five mm -hmm. of a VDI uh, client. Um, then the client must on the v, on CWA client side must have also a similar version five plugins uh, to collaborate together. Um, so these are typically a joint solution with, you know, a client piece and a server piece. We're we're actively working with the vendors, uh, uh, partners, and try to simplify that in the future. Okay, and but that's uh, that that is something that we're actively working with our, uh, with vendors to to find a way to uh, optimize the actual client delivery options. Okay, so that's uh, that's something that we're in the roadmap that we'll have heavily involved with Pondering. And um, there is one vendor that's slightly different, okay, which is uh, Microsoft Teams, right? Okay. So today, Microsoft Teams, um, when they're running in VDI environment, uh, instead of uh, distributing uh, a media engine, okay, that is, ver that is uh, you know, host version specific, what we're doing is actually we looked at the open source community and there is a, a media engine that is widely being used in the web called WebRTC. Sure. Okay. So so Teams optimization leveraged uh, a WebRTC media engines, uh, which is open source. Now, you probably wonder like, okay, why is Teams going this way? And then all the others are, are having their media engines. Um, and 
The main reason is that once we have this media engine available, WebRTC is open source, uh, that will open up some doors for also other vendors who base their technology on WebRTC as well. Okay? Mm -hmm. So today we're building up an ecosystem called the Unified Communication uh, um, Standards uh, ecosystem inside Citrus Ready program. So in the Citrus Ready, there's actually a category called Unified Communication um, Optimization Software Vendors. Mm -hmm. And uh, if the customer or the partner is using uh, WebRTC as their foundation, okay, okay. they can potentially leverage our SDK and build a similar solution like Teams. Okay, and uh, so so we're growing more and more partners in that ecosystem now. Uh, some of them are in the financial service focused on the uh, on financial services, uh, um, uh, real time communication software use, and some of them are very general. Um, you know, in 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 the regular um, you know uh, telephony replacement as well. Um, so so I encourage a customer to go check it out on our Citrus Ready website and look for the unified communication. Um, ecosystem um, where you can find uh, the uh, the Citrix um, optimized uh, software there um, for using leveraging our, our WebRTC solutions. Yeah, that that is really good to know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, awesome. So yeah. so it's an official program yeah. then now on Citrix Ready. We encourage people to uh, to check out and and make sure that whatever solution you're using or plan to use that it's incorporated and. In, leveraging open standards such as as WebRTC. Now, I know we all love nostalgia and and the history of our solutions. Things weren't always this way, right? We've been optimizing these solutions for, gosh, probably over a decade now. And and it, it kind of all started with Link. So I, I'd love to learn more and and share with listeners around what that historical perspective is and, and just just how long we've been at it. Yeah, we've been uh, well. We've been in this optimization path for a long time, right? Since uh, since Link, uh, you know, exists, you know, we partner with a third party for a media engine. You know, in the, at the beginning, mm -hmm. we we use a third party, um, you know, um, client media engines, and then we uh, build a plugins, right? Uh, plugin model has been out there for a long time, and how the plugin really works is that. Um, on the server side, on the VDA side, we run an app, the client applications, right? And then there is a, a sort of a remote proxy engine that runs in the virtual desktop okay. that talks to the actual software, right? And at the same time, they will open up virtual channel inside ICA sessions to talk to the client side media plugin and then instructing the client what to do, okay? And throughout the year, these features keep on evolving um, so we evolved from the link optimization uh, with the same virtual channel, um, mm -hmm. and then to our Skype for Business is also mm -hmm. the virtual using the virtual channel business model, and then the client side media engine will will you know conduct the call you know um, and, and open up right. a microphone, open up speakers on the client side, right. um, and we have plugins for you know Windows, Mac, and and Linux, right. So these are basically the foundation of the, the first generation of uh, OR optimization. Now that, that particular path uh, will continue. And we are seeing still uh, you know, different vendor that require that kind of system. Okay. And the reason why is because some of the vendor, they have proprietary um, 
media codec, audio codecs, right? So Zoom, for example, they have their own, their own uh, camera codec, uh, video codec that's optimized for Zoom's use cases, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it, some vendor look at it as a differentiator for them, right? So in that case, you know, obviously we're not going to be able to license all their media codec and put it in one client. So, sure. so we asked them to build a plugin. So, so today we still have these uh, WebEx, Zoom, um, and, and Citrix uh, Skype for Business uh, is still out there, and we're still maintaining the Skype for Business for a while yeah. until uh, you know, <laughs> Microsoft um, might decommission them in the future, right? Um, and then for Teams optimization, we have our WebRTC solutions, and then that WebRTC solution also we're creating extensions to our ecosystem partner as well, so that they can take advantage of similar uh, uh, optimizations for for their use cases. Excellent, excellent. So it really is a space that we've pioneered for years. It's well-tested, it's well-vetted, and we have an extensive ecosystem. And and Steve, I know you've you've been coming from a former consulting world and an SE world, and Maybe you could share some of the experiences that you've had implementing Optimize UC solutions with our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, James, James kind of mentioned it, the, uh, you know, in, in the plugin days, that was, that was really the, the way to go. Um, you know, going back to my consulting days, which is going back some time now, I mean, that's, that's really what it was, was around designing the environment and, and, and having to, you know, make sure that, you know, all of your endpoints had the, the specific plugins on it and then running, honestly, running around because maybe a plugin didn't load or something. And so someone is on a call and it's not optimized, uh, you know, so going back to the consulting days, that that's with a lot of it, you know, more recent when I was on our, our sales engineering team and, and obviously when the whole COVID pandemic kicked off, remote work became, you know, everyone's only option. Right. Uh, you know, we were working a lot of customers um, in the in the territory I covered that you know were were having to go to these different solutions, and, and they were looking to us on you know our team like what what were the solutions that would work, and you know having those optimizations and being able to guide them through and showing them how to install you know the Zoom plugins or you know talking them through the difference between hey I remember we used to use Skype for Business you know where's the plugin for Teams we're now going to implement Teams and Having sure. to talk them through, well, you know, now now Teams is, you know, there's not a separate plugin for that, right? It came with the Workspace app um, already installed. So a lot of that was was new to customers. So kind of working through and talking them through that was was an interesting time. You know, and I think we're going to, you know, continue to, to, to see that, right? Because re- remote work now, I know, you know, a lot of, you know, companies are bringing, you know, people back, but remote work is going to, to stay and, you know, working with different companies, it was always, you know, they were always evaluating what they were going to use for, you know, unified communications as well. So someone may be using Zoom today, tomorrow, they could be going to Microsoft Teams, they could be on Teams today and going to something else tomorrow. So I think sure. and they're always going to look to us, you know, in that EUC space to, uh, to help them optimize it. Yeah, uh, actually, that's that is a good, good observation that the, um, what we notice is that throughout this pandemic, um, you know, a lot of customers had to install all these clients in their virtual desktop, regardless they own that solution or not, simply because the user are joining other partners' meeting or are the customers' meeting, um, you never know that who you work with using which tool as a primary solution. So we're seeing uh, uh, sort of increasing demand because in the past it used to be like you only if your company is link only, right, or if you're Skype for business only. You only care about Skype for Business implementation, and that's it. You don't have right. to install yep. any other tools. Right. 
but these days, I think a lot of uh, large financial services I, I, I talk to and also anything that's actually customer facing, um, you will notice that their call center agent will have multiple tools in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. uh, so, so it is something that I think is going to be staying with us for a while. And I think a minister has learned very quickly how to adapt these kind of a, a solution out there. Um, especially on the uh, on the thin client uh, uh, devices and stuff like that, they really have to uh, re- remember that they need to turn on all these plugins, uh, not just turning on Citrix. Uh, they need to also enable the plugins that needed for those media yeah. engines as well. Yeah, and, and that is that is a really good point, right? Because what was a pre-pandemic team shop now suddenly there there are teams and WebEx and and Zoom shop, and they need to have that that kind of capability, while at the same time they want that desire to keep it secure, right within the VDI image and keep the SIP signaling, right, the authentication, right, the chat logs, the data. They want all that secure in the data center or cloud of their choice, and that's something that we definitely help enable. So, okay, so we talked about the variety of solutions that we're able to support today. Now, for solutions that maybe don't have a specific optimization pack, and I'll just say just kind of throwing out there, maybe something like an Amazon Chime, for example, or, the, or these other solutions, what, what options might customers have to ensure that they, they can work with it in their Citrix environment? Yeah, actually, good, good question here, right? Um, so, so if you're using a browser-based uh, uh, real-time communication software, today I mean, we're seeing more and more vendors offering you know, web client for their media uh, multimedia uh, real-time communication solution, right? So even Microsoft Teams, they have the Teams web client as well. So we're seeing more and more of these kind of use cases popping up in the customer environment. And um, if you do have an application, um, and sometimes we also see some call center applications that is just purely browser-based real-time communication software, all right? And if that's the case, you know, obviously there is no media engine for us to, to offer, uh, to these customers. So uh, we do have a, a sort of a, a, a recipe, right, to address these kind of use cases. Is that inside Citrix uh, virtual app and desktops, we have a solution called browser content redirection, okay, which will allow us to redirect only the um, sort of a sanctioned browser app, mm-hmm. okay, to the client end. So let those page render on the client side. And then, uh, you know, when the uh, user uh, encounter a specific URL that links to this page, the browser content redirection plug, uh, meet, uh, the um, browser content redirection solution will be able to redirect these audio media call page to the endpoint, and then uh, and then let the endpoint to uh, to uh, basically process okay. all these media calls. Yeah. So we see uh, a lot of uh, cases like that, um, you know, happening in the uh, in the system. Uh, so in the ecosystem that, you know, customers are using it um, to um, work with the call center applications. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of them, they have um, they have audio calls. Right. So the call center agent will be clicking on a link and that will trigger an audio call on the client side. And we were actually capturing these URL and media using media redirection, 
we uh, sorry the uh, browser content redirection we redirected to the client side to render, um, right. and so that they can make that uh, you know cause in their application work, uh, and still optimize using their endpoint. Yeah. Awesome. So using browser content redirection and other technologies, we can support yeah. a wide array of of solutions there. That's that, that's awesome. Yeah. Browser-based applications, yeah. yeah, that's another option. Yeah, excellent. So I think we're running up on on time here, but really good conversation. And I want to encourage the listeners to check out TechZone, TechZone.Citrix.com. Check out our documentation site. Check out Citrix Ready, like James mentioned, under the unified communication space, and make sure that you're integrating with the the best hardware and software solutions out there in your Citrix environment. So before we go, for this season, what I'd, I'd like to do is just throw out a, a random question to you guys, just to kind of see here. And the question All I'm right. going with today, yep, yep, just a random question. The question I'm going with today, just to kind of wrap things up for the first episode of season two, is what is your favorite tech gadget that's not a smartphone? And I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Steve. I, I see you're kind of itching there. My my favorite tech gadget that is not a smartphone. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. Honestly, I'm gonna I I have a a conference puck that I that oh. I got during the pandemic. Um, so obviously when everyone you know we all went home and everyone's setting up remote offices and everything, you know, the webcams, the microphones, and things like that. I I, I was always going to different headphones, couldn't find the right thing. I hated wearing headphones. I hated, you know, having things in front of me. Uh, so I, I bought, a, it basically looks like a hockey puck. Okay. And it's, I can you know, it's that. like a conference room. And for my, my office, it works great. So that's probably my favorite non-smartphone tech gadget. I use it every day, 16 to 18 times a week. Oh, that, that that's awesome. That's awesome. How about you, James? Well, I don't really have a favorite, but I think uh, my um, the one I use most often is actually Alexa. Okay, yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I'm too lazy to get up and then turn on my light switches and my ceiling fans and all that. So I yeah. program them, and they will just do it for me. Excellent, but but shh, don't say it too loud because you might trigger mine, and who knows what 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 it might do. Listen, Alexa yeah. is a great is a great invention. We we used it in my house as an intercom system because my kids would never come down when we called them. <laughs> we put Alexa oh, yeah, in each yeah. of the bedrooms. Hey, you're and probably dropping can... every day, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that that is too cool. It, in fairness, I think I should give an answer as well, and. I'll probably have to say my my drone, my DJI drone, just because it feels like it kind of defines a tech gadget. And yeah, I, I don't use it as much as I probably should, but I've flown it to kind of inspect my roof to look for issues. And sometimes when we're out of town, I'll take it with me. And it's just just a cool little little gadget for photos and videos. Awesome. Well, James, thanks so much for joining us. Really good information. Steve, pleasure as always. Yep. And uh, that's that's a wrap for our first episode. So until next time, everyone, keep it hybrid, keep it secure, keep it technical, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.